Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Lord, your form and your heart of leadership, I just pray that you, you guide us. Lord, I pray that you break the thorns in our hearts right now. My thorns. Lord, I don't want to be a thorn bush. But at the same time, I don't want to be an olive tree. I don't want to be a fig tree. Lord, I don't want to be a grapevine that has been blessed so much abundantly, but is not willing to do what you have called me to do. Father, give me the grace. Give us the grace to do what you've called us to do, to trust you and to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this is a picture on, on, on my right. That's an olive tree. And at the bottom, which is covered by the thorn bush, is a fig tree and the grapevine. And here, the thorn bush. Let's look at this picture for a moment and see where we're at in our leadership. Let's see where we're at in our walk with God in effect. And uh, I want to give you a summary of what happened. And the background is that Gideon, you know Gideon, you know, one of the judges during the Old Testament. He died and Abimelech, his son, from his concubine, you know, wanted to be Israel's leader. He said, I want to be a leader. Now that my father is dead, can you make me a leader? But his heart was full of thorns. His heart was wicked before God. You know, in fact, he killed almost all his brothers so that he could just become a leader. Can you imagine that? You know, that's a picture of a thorn bush. 71 of Gideon's sons, except one, Jotham, who just told us the story here. You know, that is a crazy picture. A thorn bush, in effect, is worthless compared to the olive trees. You know, and that's what Jotham was saying. But I don't want to focus on the thorn bush today as we look at biblical leadership. I want to focus our hearts on the potential, but also on what God has given us. Amen? Because we have been called to rise up and not to fall. But if we fall, a righteous man rises up again. Amen? But we're going to focus on rising up today. So um, one commentator said this about the olive tree. He says, it has multiple uses, cooking light, lamp, anointing, medicine, and all the good things. Do you see yourself as an olive tree? I pray so. Amen? In as insecure and as, as insignificant as we are at times when we feel like it, right? I want us to see that God has created us not as a thorn bush, but an olive tree. But the question is, will we let our oil be used for God's glory? Amen? The other question here, should I give up my fruit? 
A lot of Christians who are very active in church, but very apathetic in the affairs of society. And they ask this question, why should I exchange something so spiritual for something so secular, unspiritual, or dirty? Dirty. Then we begin to see ourselves in that area of the fig tree. You know, I see myself responding to that. It's like, Lord, I don't want to do the dirty work. You know, I just want to pray. I just want to speak. I just want to worship. You know, but I don't want to go out to, you know, to those areas where people are in need. Amen? So an illustration is that we need to change the dirty diaper or get away from the baby. Amen? So are we willing to change the dirty diaper? You know, that's another picture of leadership. And the third one is, should I give up my wine? You know, when we talk about the vine, this, pictures, uh, this picture is about, you know, the beverage of choice. What is your beverage of choice? Man, think for a moment. Some of us don't even have to think, right? My beverage of choice is water. Wow. It's so clear. You know, it's just... But you know what? Kidding aside, you know, um, when, when, when they talk about the grapevine, it is a symbol of prosperity. Amen? God bless us, as what uh, Ophi has mentioned during tithes and offering. God has blessed us so much, so many things that we begin to make account of ourselves and says, what have I done with the blessings that God has given me? Amen? We can be standing here, we can be great leaders on the outside, but the question is, are we good stewards at what God has given us? Amen? The blessings, the prosperity. Amen? So with that, I just want to thank you, brother and sister, you know, who's been blessed and prospered, you know, by so much that I was able to drive from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and today, four straight days with a sports Lexus convertible all around Saipan, amen? I mean, all around Guam, you know? And I had so many selfies from the background to the foreground. And I asked the, I asked the gasoline you know, boys, can you take a picture of me while gassing up to make sure that I am the one driving this? You know, and, I, and then he said, sir, I'm sorry, no cameras allowed in the gas station. <laughs> okay, never mind. So anyways, so going back straight, we're going to jump right straight to my leadership notes. This is something that I'm still learning And I want to put this in questions instead. And it says, where are we leading people to? Amen? Not just for pastors. You know, as a father, where are you leading your family to? As a mother, where are you leading your children to? As a student, where are you leading your allowance to? And someone said, I don't have an allowance. (laughs) And... Mother, talk to your son. <laughs> no? Where are we leading people to? I look at the leadership notes. Oops, not that one. Uh, but last Sunday, I had the privilege of speaking in our church for the first time with a Korean translator. 
And it was just so amazing. You know, you talk and then you pause and then, okay, I said it wrong. Okay, I have to redo it. You know, you said again and then the Korean translator would speak. It's amazing. And said, and I said, I'm going to wear a full metal jacket, a full vest, just to illustrate Ephesians 6, you know, the full armor of God. And at the end, I said, you know, if God touched your heart, you know, and God wants to change your heart, amen? And it says, come up. One person, there was a dead silence. He says, oh man, I think they're intimidated with my, uh, with my costume. But after, you know, one person came up, came up from the back. He stood up. He led people to Christ. By standing up, one person, I closed my eyes, he was the first one who came up, and this person I look, it's like, man, this person I've been reaching out for almost three months and don't even want to meet with me. You know, I text him and we say, yeah, I'll meet you at six o'clock in the morning. Don't even, and then didn't show up. And later I went to visit his home. Don't even want to open his door. You know, and he was the first one who came up that Sunday morning. When I opened my eyes, about 20 some people were standing in front of the stage. You lead people to Christ. Regardless if you have run away from the pastor for about three months. Amen? With that said, you know, I grabbed the opportunity and I said, can I meet you? I'm leaving on Wednesday. Can we meet on Wednesday morning? I was leaving Wednesday night this week and I said, can we meet Wednesday? And finally, it's like an engagement answer. He said, yes, I do. It's like, oh. I felt like it was an engagement. You know, like you're pursuing someone for so long and they won't respond. You know, and it felt like so good. It's like, yes. And I told my wife, please pray. He said, yes. <laughs> please pray. Oh, no. He said, yes. No, that was not the one. You know, I said, please pray. He said, yes that he would come and show up. That was a Tuesday night. And he came and he showed up and he began to share, you know, that he had so much baggage in his life that he couldn't even begin to meet with me. He had issues with alcohol. He had issues with drugs or maybe, I, I, you know, I, we didn't really talk on the details on the issues, but he was addicted to something that pulled him away from God. But he said that Sunday, he said, I'm going to surrender everything to God. You know, it was so amazing. You know, he said, I want to surrender everything to God. You know, I want to sacrifice what I love so much, these, these bent, these baggages that I have. And I want to surrender it to God. And he did that on Sunday. And you know what? What's so amazing? I spoke, if you... Say from one to ten, normally I would spoke nine in our one-to-one, and the other person would just speak one, no? But on that day, on Wednesday, I spoke only two, and he spoke eight percent, eighty percent of the time. I was just drawn aback. I says, what is, God, where is the man that I used to know that won't even answer? And he said one thing. He said, Pastor, I know I've run away. You know, my coworkers, I just told them flat. I said, I'm going to run to you, God. I laid everything down at the foot of the cross. I was just listening. 
Say that again. <laughs> See, you know, he said, he said the exact words verbatim. He said, I laid everything down at the foot of the cross, and I shared that with my coworkers, and my coworkers thought that I was crazy. But you know what? At the end of the day, he said, one of my coworkers is coming to church this Sunday, today. Today. I said, really? Amen. Why don't we give God a hand for that? You know, I am so thankful because I was looking at that and I saw that's leadership. Amen. Where was this person leading his friend or his coworker to? He was leading his friend, not to a church, not to a building. He may or he may not come today in church in Saipan. I haven't seen or heard but he is leading him to Christ. Amen? Leadership notes is leading the person to Christ. We are part of history. Who has watched this? You know, oh man, I am so sorry. The one that shows first should be Kobe Bryant. Sorry, Kobe Bryant fans. Huh? There is Kobe Bryant in the back, you know? Uh, and I told my brother, Kobe Bryant, a Kobe Bryant fan, and he says, I told him that, you know what? You know, this is the last season of Kobe Bryant, you know, and we are, you know, privileged to see that, you know, play his 60-point game, right? And then on the same token, in the same time, you know, we see Stephen Curry and, and his team broke the record of the Chicago Bulls, right? 73 wins for a season. And then we and my son were watching, and then he said one thing at the end. He said, I am just so glad we are part of this history. Amen? And I look, it's like, man, that is leadership right there. You know why? Because even though it's just a baseball game, even though it's just a soccer game, if you are there with your son or daughter, you are part of their history. Amen? Even though it's just a victory weekend, even though it's just one-to-one discipleship, you are part of the history of that person. Amen? Last night, I dropped off a friend, and when I dropped a friend, I had two things. One, go to the party or pray for my friend. (laughs) I said, I am hungry. When I text my wife, I said, I may be late. I'm stuck at the airport. I'm praying for a friend. You know? Go ahead, eat without me. I'm fine, you know. Yeah, you have to, you know, make sure that they wait, right? But no, it didn't work. They didn't wait for me. So, so anyway, I said, and I began to pray and and, and just shared salvation to my friend, and says, "Are you ready to make the long story short?" And he says, "Yes, I am ready." And in the car, very uncomfortable leather seat you know, Lexus convertible, we prayed, and I prayed salvation over a friend before he went back to Saipan, you know, and you lead people to Christ. That's what we do, whether in a comfortable Lexus car, whether here in church, whether outside in the rain, wherever it may be, that is one principle I like to take home with me any time of the day. Amen? Amen. So leadership principle number two, 
in my notes, I ask this question and I ask, do you see yourself being a part of his story? So to the lead in for all these things that I shared about history, it is all about Jesus' story. It's my life playing a role in the history of the world. Wow, that's big, right? When we look at Jesus Christ and we look at his story and we see that, man, we are leading right. Amen? Whatever it may be, whether it's a title with a title, a pastor, a leader, or just a father, a mother, a friend, amen? We are leading ourselves and being a part of Jesus' story, his story, the reason why he died on the cross. So I, I asked my brother and my friends and my relatives in the Philippines, I says, can you send me a picture of Grandpa? You know, he already died. He is a Philippine and a U.S. veteran. He lived in Hawaii for a few years, but he was based and grew up in the Philippines. He, he was a chief of police in our city, but he was also a military man. I can only remember him with this picture with this one. So growing up, he was already retired. He was already old. But one thing that I can say that because of him, I am standing here today. Because of him, he led by example. He didn't lead me to the Lord like saying, Eric, you need to do this or do that. But he led by example and led my older cousins to Christ. And in 1990, right after my high school, my cousins who were led by my grandfather to Christ led me to Christ. Amen? So I look at that and I say, thank you, you know, Grandpa, for leading by example. You know, and I am the recipient of that. You know, and I say that he is part of God's story in my life, in my book, even today. Amen? Who are grandpas here? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> I'm just kidding. some. <laughs> In first Samuel, bro, I'll talk to you later. Please forgive me. You know, in verse 7 of 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on this appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. If you just look at me because of my outward appearance, you would choose me as your leader. <laughs> Man, it's not a joke. <laughs> Are you guys laughing? <laughs> but praise God, God looks at our hearts. Amen. <laughs> okay, what is my point? I am lost. Well, take ourselves back. Do you have a Samuel story? Do you have a story like Samuel that you say, man, this guy is going to be a leader. This person is going to turn things around for Christ. Well, let me bring you back. I had so many Samuel stories, but I'm just going to choose one. Well, in 2014, 
you know, I have a, a follow-up with a financial institution. And then I would visit a friend, and she's a good friend of mine, and I would just pray, come on Sunday, come to church. And then I would meet someone at the desk and say, hey, our, our church is here, you know. But I won't even, even dare to invite the manager, <laughs> you know, of that financial institution. I would, I would just talk to the people that I am comfortable with. You know, and we just begin to talk. Every now and then I would go back. And then at one point, both of them didn't even go to church. You know, good friends. You know, but they are still my friends even today. Yeah, they, they don't want to go to church. But in that season, on the same company, the manager called the church. And she said, um, Is anyone welcome at your church? I'm not kidding. He said, you know, even if they're not members, can they come? This is, I said, yes, of course. And I said, yeah. And then to make the long story short, she was able to visit the church and then got plugged in. And uh, this is her picture right there. You know, water baptized. But I want to share this. Man, the picture in the back. You see that table? Tables in the back portion? During her water baptism, the day before was typhoon warning. And they were asking, should we cancel? Sherlyn and us were debating, should we cancel the water baptism? You know what? This lady ordered how many tables? Ten or so tables, you know, with sitting about 60 people on the beach. And she already, during a typhoon warning, she invited her friends, her families to witness the water baptism with food catered. Amen. Just praise God. So I said to the leadership, it's a go. Typhoon or no typhoon, we are doing water baptism. But you see, there's no sign, there's not even a glimpse of typhoon. Amen? It was a bright, sunshiny day. That is leadership right there. Not my leadership, you know, but her leadership. I was a Samuel, but God sees the heart of this person, and God turned it into something great. Amen? And as we leaders, as we fathers, we begin to call out the things that were though they were to our children, even though we don't see them. Speak life over our children. Speak life over our families because we don't know. Amen? The people that we think would be rising up, maybe on the side, this God has put a target on the other person. Amen? And just so let you know that I am telling the truth, she is here today in our midst. I'm not going to embarrass her, but she is here visiting our church today. All right? So praise God for that. In Luke 16, verse 10, it says, One who is faithful in the very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is, is also dishonest in much. 
So let it sink in for a minute while I drink water. Man, if you want leadership principles, go straight to the Bible. Amen? Amen? Amen. We can stay on this verse for 10 hours, but praise God, Pastor Mark told me we can end at 3 o'clock today. <laughs> All right? So we're going to shorten this. We're going to make this quick. All right? So um, there is a breakfast wisdom that I put in my journal. And one is when I was in middle school. In middle school, you know, we would go on Christmas with my cousins. We were not saved then. We were very materialistic. We were either there for the food or for the bling. You know, if you're a lady, you would buy, you know, all those things. You know, we would save up. We would go from here to there just to get money for caroling, Christmas caroling. And then one time we were all, we had all our money and we shared everything. And then we asked ourselves, where are we going to go? We're going to go get some Chinese food, middle schoolers. So we went and we ordered, I ordered chopao. I ordered everything that I can order, you know. And then my cousin said, what are you ordering? Just soup, soup like one peso says why soup i'm saving my money for this imitation diamond ring (laughs) middle schooler you know so breakfast wisdom okay that's that's wisdom 101 there you know we spend all our money but at the end of the day she had the bling and she was showing us see see where's your where's your shopao now you know where's your where's your chinese food now and she was saying see i have mine after that i learned and i said i'm not gonna wear any ring it's so costly you know and then going back to college you know i would my wife told me this and he says I would skip breakfast and sometimes lunch and sometimes dinner just to save up because my allowance is so small, just to save up so I can buy my favorite jeans, you know, and show off to my wife. You know, we were, you know, we were college sweethearts, you know, and, and, and yeah, not really, just to be presentable for school. You know, students, we need to be presentable for school, be excellent in everything that we do, but at the same time, eat, Okay. <laughs> So, this morning, I learned this wonderful lesson about ham and eggs. It says, a day's work for a chicken, a lifetime commitment for a pig. You guys don't get it? Think again. Ham, pig, eggs. Where did eggs come from? Chicken. Ham, eggs. Ham, Eggs. You can laugh now. Ham. Eggs. Don't get it? You're like me. I didn't get it. You know, and I was... So this morning, I went for breakfast, and I said... I went to the restroom, and I saw ham and eggs. I went back, got the camera, took a picture. Imagine if you are a chicken. What sacrifice would you have to do to give out an egg for someone who wants to eat scrambled egg? You just need one day. And then, poof. <laughs> Here. You just need one day to sacrifice. But if someone wants to eat a thinny, bitty, small piece of ham, 
what sacrifice does a pig have to do? His whole body. If I'm a pig, I would say, take me. <laughs> right? I would sacrifice my body for Van so he can have his ham. <laughs> wow. I said, this is a profound breakfast wisdom right there. Right? Which leads us to the point of today in closing. Servant leadership is sacrifice. And our definition of sacrifice all depends on our commitment to our God. Are you a chicken? Let me put a disclaimer. In this context, pig is the bomb. All right? Pig is the right way to be. Okay? Are you a chicken or are you a pig? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> well, let me lead by example. I want to be a pig. <laughs> I want to be a pig in relation to the sacrifice that the ham and the pig has produced. It's either everything or nothing. I don't want to be a chicken. There's a here. You know, I want to give my all. Amen. That is the leadership principle. You know that I want to edit. So the question I ask myself, who are we serving? Because the point of our sacrifice is always, is always based on the reference of who we're serving. Amen? Is it God or people? I pray both. That we are not only serving people, but first and foremost, we are serving God and because we are serving God, we're going to serve people at the same time. Amen? Amen? So I did follow-up questions, and I said, what are we prepared to do? Are you prepared to be sliced thinly today? Amen? How are we preparing to serve or to lead? How are we doing it? What's our motivation why am I serving? What is my motivation? That is God's love. Amen? Last Thursday, Andy gave me a text and said, this is the topic. It says, the lies that we believe. What is that again, Andy? Seven lies keeping Christians from sharing the gospel. Come on now, say that again. Seven lies keeping Christians from sharing the gospel. Amen? And when we look at that, when we talk of one area of sacrifice, you know, sometimes we sacrifice our comfort. Sometimes we sacrifice, 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 you know, our shame. That's so that we can say, hi, you know, Jesus loves you. And, oh, I'm so ashamed. You know, that's our issue of sacrifice nowadays and i like that series and he gave me these questions and these points six and seven he says we believe that the lie this is the lie of the enemy he says we believe that he or she will not come to christ amen that's the lie of the enemy you know that manager you know at a financial firm that was my lie i said oh this person is so successful 
not only successful, but since she's here, so beautiful, yeah, that, you know, that she doesn't need God. You know, she will not come to Christ anymore. So I was hindered to reach out to her. That is the lie of the enemy. We say we are not bold enough, but in effect, we don't really care. Wow, that hit home for me. You know, when I was sharing Thursday in UOG, I began to share, that is me. Sometimes I see myself carrying my old heart and not caring enough to share the love of God to others. So I want to end with this as we close, as we look at sacrifice. Um, I'd like the worship team to come up. And in 320 AD or something, during the time of Nero, Nero began to gather up a group of elite soldiers together with him. And together with him, uh, they became 40 or some wrestlers. And the one time they went to the mountains of Armenia, they were so successful, you know, that they were like the SEAL team of the day. You know, 300 years or so, something after the death of Christ. History tells us that, you know, there are different versions of the story. I'm just going to stick with one. You know, that at the end of, the, um, of their tour in Armenia or somewhere in the mountains of Armenia, it was winter. It was so cold. You know, but during their journey, their tour, they came to know the Lord. Nero was not happy at all. You know, he, Nero is the one who feed Christians to the lions, burn them and everything. So he was not so happy. So he went to send some of his top general and said, why don't you go and make sure you convince them to renounce their faith? Make sure that they will say no to this Jesus that they are now serving. Before, when they were wrestlers, when they were performers, they would say, we are 40 wrestlers for the emperor. And they would say, give glory to the emperor. That's what they would chant all the time. But this time, something changed in their life. They saw the cross, and they laid down everything and all that they had and laid it down at the foot of the cross, just as what my friend did last Sunday. And as they did that, the general began to say, it is so cold today. I want to give you guys till sundown to renounce your faith. Man, the sacrifice that they have to take. Because if you don't, Emperor Nero said and has given me authority to kill all of you. Praise God, we're in, not in that position anymore. Amen? But in the same passion, in the same conviction, we need to be in today because the enemy is like a roaring lion waiting for someone to devour. If we will not be passionate for God, we will be passionate for something else and we will be setting up ourselves for the fall, not for the rise. So let's all rise as we close. Yeah. So as we close to end the story, they began to say, we're not going to do that. You know, we know what we surrendered ourselves to. And this general or one of the high-ranking soldiers said, what am I going to do? I don't want to kill them. There's going to be such a waste. So what they did is they went to a frozen lake or a frozen river. And then next to it, 
he set a bonfire. And within that bonfire, let them stand, stripped them all naked, all 40 of them, and says, you guys go in the far end of the frozen lake and stand there. And all you have to do is walk towards the fire and you will be free. You will be alive, but at the same time, in effect, you have surrendered or renounced your faith to Jesus Christ. And you are putting back your allegiance to Nero. And as they were doing that, you know, this Visphanian, I think it was his name, began to say, it's going to be fast. You know, so I want to, the reason why I let you guys stand is because I want you guys to picture, you know, that sometimes we complain. It's like, man, this preacher is talking too much. You know, I'm standing here. I need to sit down. Well, these guys are standing naked in winter. And you know what they were saying? You know what they said? They said, come on, let's close in prayer. You know, let's go home. No, they didn't say that. What, what they said was this. They began to chant. They began to speak the words that they normally say, but change the word from emperor to Christ. They said, we are 40 wrestlers for Christ. You know, and we want, I can't remember what they said, but we want to give glory to Christ. Man, this opinion begins, to, it's going to be a long time, you know. But he says, no, all I need is just one leader and the rest will follow. And after a while, you know, to make the long story short, one person began to start walking towards the fire. And then this leader said, all right. We can have our dinner or breakfast or whatever it may be now. We can go home. And then as all of them were like, like blue already to the face, like having hypertermia, and the one was just walking slowly. And then, and as he was walking, just like in the movies, you know, you watch Gladiator, you watch all these Russell Crowe movies, you watch um, Risen, you know, and then, in the background, background music, and then a subtle voice came up, and he said, we are 39 soldiers. We are 39 wrestlers for Christ. We're going to give glory to Christ. At that point, this mighty general, his heart was crushed, so crushed, he didn't know what to do. This general or this mighty soldier who was persecuting the 40 wrestlers began to see his eyes were open and he said, if these people are willing to sacrifice their life for this dead Christ, this Christ who we nailed on the cross, who we as Roman soldiers buried. And they have this conviction. They have this biblical leadership quality that they are willing to sacrifice their whole life for God. 
at that moment, he began to strip of his helmet, strip of his armor, and ran towards the 39 wrestlers and began chanting, we are 40 wrestlers for Christ. And history tells us that they may have died, you know, and all that, but that isn't the point of the story. The point of the story is this. Why do we love Christ? Why do we do what we do for Him? Regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstance. Now I'm taken aback by this verse in 1 John 4.19. It says, we love because He first loved us. The reason why this, those 39 wrestlers were able to sacrifice of their lives because they experienced a love that no one else can give. A love that only God can give. Amen? Amen. And they experienced that. And this verse this morning in our devotion, my wife shared this and in a Friday life group, uh, Chris and the others in, in life group shared this verse and I want to share it again. And because of our love for God, we can trust Him. And I want to implore and I want to beseech you. I want to encourage you today. Trust not in our own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge Him and He will make our path straight. Amen? Amen? Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Amen?